Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland on News Talk. Now I'm delighted to be joined by Solitaire Townsend, the co-founder and chief solutionist at Futera, an award-winning sustainable agency. Her new handbook, The Solutionists, How Businesses Can Fix the Future, guides the new generation of entrepreneurs, CEOs and leaders who are transforming their companies in the face of climate change. You're very welcome to the show, Solitaire. Ah, uh, it's so wonderful to be here. Thank you. Now, thanks for joining us. Firstly, you might define what a solutionist is or does. A solutionist is a solver of problems. And I think we can all agree when we look out there at the world right now, there's a lot of things that need solving. And a lot of people get frozen in the headlights of climate change and inequality and all of these big existential crises. Solutionists, well, they roll up their sleeves and they do something about it. I like the sound of them already. They're my type of people. (laughs) Tell me a little bit about your own business background, Solitaire, if you would. So I've been an entrepreneur for 20 years. Um, I'm originally a council estate girl, done good. Um, And over those 20 years, I've worked with some of the biggest businesses that there are, everyone from Google and Ikea and Nike. Um, And I've seen what it takes to make a difference, both in business and also for the world. And what I've discovered is that the same skills really relate to both. And through all that work, what I've realized, it's not about your strategy. It's not about how great your PowerPoint is. It's not a great how fantastic your um, your planning is. It's all about what kind of person you are and whether you have got the skills to make a difference. Right. How do you embed sincerity, you know, in doing good or, you know, making the world a better place or helping climate change? Sincerity is the key word for me there. Yeah. And um, in the book, I talk about all these different attributes from vision and grit and flexibility you have to have. I also mention having soul. And soul isn't a word you're going to see in a lot of business books, but that's what you're talking about is actually having sincerity. And for me, sincerity has two parts. One of it is being prepared to actually say what you care about. So having that courage to stand up and be counted. And secondly, is a bit of humility because none of us are perfect on these topics. I'm most definitely not a perfect environmentalist by a long way. But that doesn't mean we don't get to do anything. We have to be imperfect environmentalists. That, you know, that's the only way to make a difference. What about the commercial advantages of doing good or doing right? There are many, aren't there? So um, as I was researching the book, I talked to a lot of people who have made a lot of money and really successful businesses, folks like the CEOs and founders of Oatly and the, the, and the toilet paper company who gives a crap. These are incredible businesses like real unicorns. Um, and in 2023 and going into the next few years and few decades, these are the companies that are going to thrive, um, the ones who bring solutions to the problems that we have. And that's been the way it always is in our economy that the, the we have big pivots, we're going to have to do a big pivot for climate change. And that's okay, as long as you're on the side of the solutions. That's where the whole economy is going to be going. Tell us a little bit more um, about the detail around companies like you mentioned, gives a crap there. Uh, the toilet paper company, is that right? Yeah. So um, What do they do? 
Well, this is a great example. So McKinsey has done this big analysis that says that you're going to be able to make a billion a year at minimum over the next couple of years around sustainability. And the, the founders of Who Give a Crap, who I had a great conversation with John and the team, um, they decided that it's crazy that there's, hot, you know, we have um, a, a nearly a billion people around the world who don't have access to a proper toilet. Um, and all of us are buying a lot of uh, toilet paper. And so they set up a business um, where you can go online and you can buy lovely um, bamboo-based toilet paper. So it comes from bamboo, not from trees. Bamboo is very eco-friendly. It grows very quickly. It, you know, it, it's, it, you're not cutting down a 100-year-old tree. You're cutting down a six-month-year-old piece of bamboo to make this really nice loo paper. But they donate 50% of their profits to basically toilet projects around the world so that you know everyone from children to older people can have access to a loo and of course as you can imagine at the beginning of the pandemic when there was <laughs> when we were all stockpiling loo paper they absolutely exploded as a business um, and they've managed to keep their promises they continue to be a really environmentally friendly loo paper and they continue to donate 50 percent of their profits to um to to charities and that's a really exciting investment opportunity. So they're having massive investors around the world coming to them. And I'm sure they're under some pressure to maybe give up a bit on their principles. And they're not doing so. And that's why they're growing. And what about a company like Formula One, who you've also worked with? I'd suggest that the, you know, the environmental challenges there might be more challenging. When F1 came to us, it, you know, my draw dropped a bit. I was like, really? You want to go carbon? You want to you want to go net zero? Okay. How do you take an organization like Formula One net zero? Well, when we got into it and we did the maths, what we discovered is that actually Formula One's carbon footprint is all of the diesel generators and the, you know, all the travel that they do. And there's solutions to all of that. We can go um, uh, hydrogen rather than diesel, etc. We can massively slash their carbon footprint. But their brain print, if you will, their real influence on the world is the cars, even though the cars are less than 5% of their actual carbon footprint. So what we said to them was, although it's such a small part of your footprint, we're talking about an actual, you know, 14 maximum cars here. It's the big influence you have on the world. So as part of their commitment to go net zero after many years of work and lots of conversations, Formula One is not going to be putting petrol in those cars after 2030. It's going to be synthetic by biofuels and for me that's the biggest thing they could have done they've basically sort of rung the bell on the end of the petrol economy and said we can have exciting amazing technologically outstanding cars that run on synthetic biofuels not on petrol isn't one of the challenges around all this uh, solitaire uh, around the measurement in other words that the measurement and the maths can be distorted, you know, oh, to yeah. give you the picture that you want. If so, you're flying avocados across from South America, you know, and you're, you're saying, well, you know, we're doing good here. But in other words, that people manipulate the maths, you know, for their own endeavours. So there's a lot more rules coming, thankfully, around that, because, you know, I think it was Disraeli who said there's lies, damn lies, and then there are statistics. It's the same with everything in life. And carbon is uh, both really difficult to calculate and there's lots of mistakes and um, manipulations that can be made and really straightforward. It is 
carbon dioxide, you know, this is a, a gas. We can actually calculate how much of it there is in the atmosphere. We've got very, very, very detailed measurement equipment all around the world now for this. Thankfully, rules are coming in. We've got new rules coming in in the US. We've got new rules coming in in the EU to make it so that companies have to use the same rules and the same maths to report on what they're doing. There's been a little bit of squirming, I'll be honest, from some companies on doing so, but we're about to come into a phase where you're not going to get these crazy claims about saving the world from carbon, yeah. but you're going to get the really genuine maths, which we can compare between companies. It's been a long time coming, but we are going to be there within the next year. Well, that's a good thing. I have to say I welcome that because I it really, really annoys me. <laughs> you know, when I see people taking advantage you know, uh, I suppose in an insincere way. So, yeah. Well, there's also going to be more um, here in the UK. Um, we've got uh, more rules coming in around the consequences of making um, false claims, as they do in the EU. And actually, these consequences of making false claims are not just going to be a slap on the wrist. They're going to be a percentage of your profits that you can lose. So, again, been a long time coming. I can tell you, when you work in this field, it can be that greenwash is very frustrating, right. but um, it's become such an important issue for everyone, including governments, that actually they're going to tighten the rules around it because it's simply not fair on anyone, um, including the people who work in those companies, when they don't tell the truth. So who's this book for then, Solitaire? So I wrote this book for everyone. Every day I get contacted by amazing people, lots of young people who go, oh, I want to work in sustainability. I want to work in climate change. And I go, you don't have to have that job title. Anyone in any job anywhere around the world, entrepreneur, my mum's a school teacher, like you can be a solutionist. In fact, we need you to be. We don't need a few thousand experts working on this topic. We need millions of everyday people who are going, I'm going to see whether there's something that I can do about this in my workplace. We all know there's some stuff that we can do in our lifestyle. We can eat a bit less meat. We can change how we travel a bit. We can do our recycling. We can think about what we buy. But actually what we do in our daily lives in our waking lives tend to be at work. So the solutionists is for anybody who'd like to think about a way that they can make a difference through what they do in their job. And finally then, where can people buy the handbook? You can buy it anywhere. If you just search for The Solutionists, it's available from all good bookstores. I personally am a fan of bookshop.org, but you can get it in your local bookshop if you ask them. Well, Solitaire Townsend, thank you for joining me this morning. A refreshingly honest look at sustainability thanks for joining us and good luck with the book thank you bobby down to business with bobby kerr brought to you by bank of ireland saturday morning at 11 on news talk